Platone, which is a sort of acronym for Platform for Operation of Distribution Networks, is a four-year Horizon 2020 project. It aims at defining new approaches to increase the observability of renewable energy resources, and especially that of the less predictable loads, while in the meantime exploiting their flexibility. Platone consists of a consortium of 12 partners from Belgium, Germany, Greece and Italy, which develop advanced management platforms to unlock grid flexibility and to realize an open and non-discriminatory market, linking users, aggregators and operators. The solutions developed in the project will be tested in three European demonstration examples. Professor Antonello Monti, who is going to be my guest for this episode, is the coordinator of the project. He is also a senior member of IEEE, full professor of the RWTH Aachen University and director of the Institute for Automation of Complex Power Systems at E.ON Energy Research Center. Given his positions and interests, a focus on flexibility is in order. Welcome to the EU Project Zone, a podcast series from Enlit and Friends focusing on the energy transition and the EU Commission-funded projects that will help us achieve it. My name is Areti Daradimu and I am the host of the EU Project Zone. Hello Antonello and thank you very much for being here with me today. I will uh, directly go to my first question to you. So could you please describe in a few words what the Platone project is? Sure, thank you very much for these questions. The Platone project defines, uh, first of all, an architecture that will be used in the future, we hope, by distribution grid operator that will facilitate um, flexibility market as a core element, an easy access for customers to be involved so that we create a complete transparency and possibility for every person basically to be part in the future of flexibility market at distribution level without forgetting the transmission level so that we collect data at distribution level but we open to any kind of market platform that could use this information. Great and which kind of needs of the EU energy grid is it going to cover and how? I would say it serves different aspects. Um, first of all, we know that the energy transition is only possible if customers are involved. And that's why I stress uh, directly in the first questions that one key element of the Platone project is to create the condition for customers to be involved in the energy systems of the future. The second element is that the more renewables we have in the grid, the more flexibility will play a role. And what we want to create with Platone is to create the conditions to access as much flexibility as possible in the distribution grid and creating a fair data management for the customers that they will be motivated to be part on the flexibility um, market. And last but not least, I would say the main point is to make sure that Thanks to smart solution, we limit the need of reinforcing the grid. And so smart solution as the Platone platform should facilitate the better use of the infrastructure we already have. Okay, and um, as I said in my introduction, there is a consortium that is involved in this project. So could you please elaborate a little bit on that? Tell us who is involved? Yes, uh, we have uh, 
several partners involved in our project. We have, um, first of all, the coordinator is my university, RWTH Aachen University. We have other research institutions like RSA in Italy or the University or Technical University of Athens um, involved. We have IT technology providers like um, engineering, engineering informatica. We have the grid operator that provide the services. And these are Areti in Rome, Hedno in Greece, and Abacon in uh, Germany. Uh, we have an innovative startup like Apio providing technology for blockchain. And we have very important, uh, last but not least, as typically said, EDSO, the Association of Distribution System Operator, they'll give us a European breath on what we are doing. And no, it was not the last. <laughs> I cannot forget Baum that is playing a critical role in our activity of dissemination. Exactly, absolutely. And although we already touched a little bit, or you already touched a little bit on the target audience, because you mentioned the consumers, etc., I would like us to focus a little bit on that. And if you can elaborate and tell me a little bit who is the target audience for this project. I would say there are two targets. Uh, the number one are really the distribution grid operators. So the possibility, I mean, grid operators are distribution level going through a significant transformation. In this transformation, they need software solutions. And Platona offers them an open architecture that allows them to link also legacy systems that they already have and to make them open um, to future solution. In that respect, I realize also, I forgot to mention as partner for the demo in Italy, Siemens. Why is that important? Because also companies like Siemens, they have already solution through the Platone uh, project, the possibility to open up their solutions and to link to new requirements and needs like flexibility market. So DSO is the number one, but at the end also the final customers. What is, I think is particularly interesting in the city of Rome, they receive a new box that will be together with their smart meter and this box will allow them to become part of the Platone infrastructure and so they will be enabled for future markets to be an active players. That makes total sense and it is quite interesting to let's say introduce to the end consumer to the end customer the concept already of flexibility. So Given, however, the diversity of the continent's various grids, and this is a project that, as you said, uh, involves four countries, how can we achieve flexibility in a pan-European level? Is it even possible? Yeah, this is a very good question, and, and I agree with you that one of the challenges we have in Europe, we don't have one solution fits all, and, um, and that's also the beauty of Europe, honestly. <laughs> I say that we are not so unique, you know, and in every part, uh, that is not just one solution. What we bring in Platone is that the overall concept is based on an original development of a previous project called Sonio. Uh, Sonio developed uh, this DSO technical platform as an open source project, which is now part of the Linux Foundation Energy which thanks to the openness on open source allows you always to customize solutions and bringing blocks that depends on the specific country. So the Sonio system is a modular microservice based architecture, which means that if requirements are different in different country, you can maybe adapt one block of the models to adapt to the different. So we are kind of 
agnostics on the specific uh, flexibility solutions that you want to implement. At the same time, we provide a common glue through an open source platform that brings pieces together. For example, like legacy ADMS that can be part of this. But again, we use standard protocols so that in our case is Siemens, but it could be any other provider. And so that's the key element is having at the center an open source solution with the openness and flexibility that open source allows you to have. And which technologies best enable flexibility? What are you going to use? Um, yeah, that will depend on um, the different use cases and field tests that we have. So again, the solution Platone is uh, agnostics on the type of flexibility resources. And um, I'd like to mention, because we talk about the Italian, now I need to talk about, for example, about the, the German uh, use case. In Germany, the uh, grid operator Abacon installed a large battery system, so the substation level, and this is a resource that the local energy community can use to achieve a better use of the local energy. So the flexibility is in that case concentrated at the substation level, but shared among all the citizens that are living in that region. But flexibility may come from any other type of storage of some sort, doesn't have to be electrical. For example, uh, again, going into the Italian case, linking to buildings, and then you have a lot of possibility related to the electrothermal interactions. So flexibility can be a lot of things at the end. Indeed, and that's why it is so complex. And so, you know, sky is the limit sometimes. So let's not talk only about the positive or let's say the things that we can do with flexibility. Let's focus a little bit on the issues also, because as I said, it is a very vast thing and generic. So I'm certain that it comes with some issues. What are the most frequent ones confronted when addressing flexibility of a grid? I would say the, the major challenge is to make clear what flexibility is. There is a, a lot of risk in the message that we give talk about flexibility, that flexibility may sound like interacting with your private life. At the end, you know, we, we said before many times, we're talking about bringing the customer into the systems. And if I say what I need from you is flexibility, honestly, it doesn't look like a good message because I'm going to tell somehow the customers, I need you to adapt to my problems. And that's, the, I would say, the, the bad story that we as technicians, and, and I put myself in the list, are giving, that the whole perspective is always from the point of view of my problem, uh, being my problem, the infrastructure manager, the, the guys involved in understanding how to run the electrical grid, and also in the research area as I can be. Instead of framing the context in a different way, in which you know, flexibility is masked, you know, behind other things that are vice versa are the advantage of the customers. So very easy ideas can be when you look from the customer's perspective, not to talk about flexibility, but to talk about new products that will be given to customers, for example, related to heatings. So instead of saying, I want the flexibility of your heating systems, they, you agree that you commercialize a warm house and you don't ask the customers to worry about why the house is warm, but they just want to know that it's warm, and that's your warranty. It's a completely different story. And the flexibility is embedded, you know, because we know we will be able to use uh, the, the decoupling of electrical and thermal 
uh, process to achieve the flexibility, but we are not asking the customer to do something. We're not even explaining the complexity of the process. We're only telling you, we don't talk anymore about the kilowatt hour as we were doing before. We talked about the service. Your house is going to be warm anytime you want. It's a matter of story and product and business models that are easy to understand for the customers. And then the digital solution, the Platone platform of this situation, hide this complexity and allow us to address customers with things they understand. Because the bottom line is the average guy in the street doesn't understand what flexibility is. Why should he care about? While the experience is I plug in and everything works and you tell me that in the future I have to worry about when I can do something or when I shouldn't do something, that's not a good story, honestly. And, and that's what we have to learn to change radically to be sure that everybody wants to be part of this type of scenario. Exactly. And if I may add something here, the average Joe, as you said, doesn't know what flexibility is, nor should he or she. Exactly. Because, for example, we're not needed to know what the doctor knows. We just need to know that we can trust him to help us get well if we're sick. So, yes, I couldn't agree more. However, how smart are the European grids right now? How flexible and how ready are they for the energy transition according to the EU mandate? Eh? I'm, I'm focusing on Europe. Sure, sure. Well, I only have experience really sorry about Europe. <laughs> but um, let's say it's a very, very diverse situation. And there are many factors that drive the grid operator in the direction of smartness or not. I would say some are historical in the sense that depends on how developed the infrastructure was in the past. So how much money the governments were putting the infrastructure in a given country before, that makes a difference. For example, I live in Germany. The, the infrastructure here is super overdimensioned so that the pressure is not that strong as in other countries where the infrastructure were less overdimensioned in the past. This is one element. Other element that makes a difference is what are the schemas internally of regulations and how much is facilitated a grid operator to go in the direction of smart solution. At the end, they always have this doubt, let's say, to solve between more copper or more smartness. And this is where the regulation can make a difference so that it becomes at least as good as to put more smartness instead of putting more copper. because. At the end, copper means investment, means infrastructure, and there's a value in the long term, which is not coming with the uh, concept of smartness. And that's a very much a differentiator in, in many countries, depending on what is the condition of the regulation in the specific country. And that brings a very much a difference. The other element is, I would say, that again makes a big you know, difference from one operator to another is how big is the operator so that they can, as a structure, uh, as a company, go through the process of digitalization in an easy way. And we should never forget that in Europe, we have a huge number of small operators in which maybe the IRT department is uh, two, three people. And so getting into smart solution, digital architectures and everything is a process that is not feasible. And we really need to think about it because, of course, we have the, the big players. You know, at the end, the one we have in the Platon era, somehow big players, they can do this. They can do this project. They can understand digitalization. They have, you know, 
the people and the workforce to do it and the competence. But there are hundreds of small that really cannot afford it, not only economically, but from the manpower point of view and competence point of view. So when you combine all these three factors, you have a very diverse scenario in Europe between operators that are super advanced with, and they are also typically the one involved in the European project. And I can think about, you know, in Italy, in Italy, a distribution or EDP in Portugal. These guys are really already on the edge of the last technologies. But then we have a lot of other operators that are not there yet. Yeah, I completely understand. And you actually gave me an assist here because you mentioned regulation. And I want to ask you, my final question to you will be uh, focused on regulation. What do you think we're missing in Europe or what should we change when it comes to regulation? And here I intend both on a European level, so EU Commission regulation and local authorities. Yeah, well, I think I briefly already mentioned this. Uh, we need a regulation that really facilitates digitalization. Uh, steps have been done at the Commission level with the concept of TOTEX that was in the, the clean energy package. That's been a fantastic step in that direction. The sad news is that when you look at the country, the way this has been received or not received is quite yeah, behind the schedule, let me say, to be optimistic. So I was just reviewing the regulation one country I would not mention. We were hoping certain things now, are, thanks to topics, were, uh, could be acknowledged, and, but the answer is no. So I think the commission has been setting a path that makes sense. But there is so much work to be done in the member states that the same vision is translated in local regulation that really reflect the philosophy that we read in the big statement documents that are developed in Brussels. So basically, it's up to local authorities to, let's say, adapt a little bit, right? It seems to be at this moment that, it, I may say, of course, the Commission works so closely with the Horizon 2020 project, Horizon, they get this pressure of innovation directly. And so, you know, I think the regulation at European level is moving way faster than what happens at the member state level. This is at least my impression. Yeah, and it makes sense also. Antonello, thank you very much for this very insightful and interesting conversation. I appreciate it a lot being here with us today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure for me to talk to you. You've been listening to the EU Project Zone podcast, brought to you by Enlit and Friends. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and the Enlit Europe website. Just hit subscribe, and you can access our other episodes too. I am Areti Daradimu, host of this podcast series, and I thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm.